you're listening to Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. Constructed gameplay, community news, and lore. Hey, what is going on, everyone? And welcome to our brand new format for QGMTG Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. Boy, we are super excited to uh, to be bringing this to you today. Uh, it's been it's been a uh, a long, hard uh, work in progress that um, mostly my uh, my co-host here has uh, has worked hard toward uh, toward doing. And uh, we're finally very happy and excited to uh, to be bringing to you uh, Magic the Gathering right here. I am your host, Avarwin, and I'm a magic noob. And uh, <laughs> I am not afraid to, uh, to admit it. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to show you. And we've got a lot of uh, fun in store. Uh, but first, I would be remiss if I did not first mention my, uh, my wonderful co-host, and uh, a fantastic uh, Magic the Gathering instructor for me in particular, and a very, very, very long-time player of Magic the Gathering, Mithril. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm a noob at podcasting. <laughs> or just doing anything audio-wise with friends. But I'm pretty good at Magic. Not pro-level, but I can teach people. Right. Well, uh, well it's, good to, uh, it's good to have you. And it's good to have uh, our Twitch chat here in the chat room uh, hanging out with us. So uh, thank you, folks, for uh, for for coming on out. Uh, we just recorded um, late night Elder Scrolls with uh, with Zephin, so it was uh, it's definitely nice. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, but here we are for Magic, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we also we're going to lead off with uh, our big announcement. Um. <laughs> I gotta take a big deep breath on this one because um, this is something that I, I said I was not good enough to ever to do, um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it step by step. Um, we're gonna we're gonna suck a little bit sometimes, and we're gonna be awesome a little bit, um, and that's just the way things go. Uh, this is our our first episode of a podcast um, for Magic the Gathering. Um, <clears throat> I've been uh, I've been playing Magic the Gathering for about a year and a half now. And in no way do I have any business um, inserting myself at all whatsoever into the Magic the Gathering podcast community, except, except uh, that I love podcasting and I love magic. And I think we're going to be able to, uh, Mithril and I, are going to be able to offer our, our listeners something that maybe they're not quite getting um, from the Magic the Gathering podcasting community. Um, listen. You've got amazing shows out there that we absolutely are not competing with and we think you should be listening to, like Limited Resources. Um, and, and, and there's tons of other shows out there right now. Um, we, we can't name them all because, I mean, even Mark Rosewater uh, does a podcast called like a Ma The Magic the Gathering Drive into Work or something. Um, there's a ton I of... I heard of that one. Yeah, I, need to, out... I need to go listen to that. Yeah, it's, it's out there. It's on iTunes. Um, 
This this show is going to focus on something I don't think you quite hear in the Magic the Gathering community a lot, which is we're focusing on constructed, um, and we're focusing on on fun. Yeah, uh, and in general, um, the direction I've been kind of taking things lately is that a lot of what we're doing is um, one of only kind of formats because we're doing this on the cheap. You know, we're not trying to spend our entire accounts trying to get all the cards for for copies of. Yeah. And and it's been working out fun, you know. Uh, it's a little bit of a learning curve uh, when you're new at doing a one of onlys, but um, we've managed to make some pretty awesome decks with this kind of concept. Yeah. So so um, this is a uh, this is a hybrid podcast. Um, it's a radio show and it's also a stream. So so we're going to be playing some rock music in the background for our streamers to enjoy. Um, we've got Magic the Gathering Online uh, streaming on, on our Twitch chat right now, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Um, but we are going to be having some, some you know, discussions on you know, what we're doing as far as um, you know, constructing decks go. Um, we're going to be offering a, a couple of things as far as the, uh, the, the show goes. Uh, first thing, um, something that I absolutely love that, that they do on, on limited resources which is crack a pack, take a booster pack, you open it up, and we show it to. Uh, we're going to be talking about the cards as we go through. But on limited resources, they talk about it through through um, the the limited format, um, a type of Magic the Gathering gameplay where um, it's competitive and you're you, you haven't constructed the deck yourself with with an idea in mind before you get into um, the competitive setting. In limited, you're you're opening up the packs in front of a bunch of people. You're choosing the the cards from that booster pack that you think is going to be better than the rest of them that you had to choose from, and you're going through a bunch of packs in that way. In constructed, you're taking the cards, the card collection you already have, and you're trying to put them in. You're trying to make a deck out of out of that with a theme in mind, and then play that and see how successful it is. Um, in a uh, in a competitive setting, um, a one-on-one competitive setting. Mithril, I mean, help me out here a little bit. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm a noob to magic. It, it doesn't feel right when I. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to be giving anyone any strats here. I'm learning from Mithril here, and and hopefully you guys are too. And um, you know, Mithril, t- I mean, you know, help me out a little bit here when it comes to limited versus constructed. What are the major differences in in your mind? And like I said, we are we're going to be focusing on constructed here. Constructed is a format in which you know what you're playing uh, before you even start your whole gauntlet of uh, tasks that you want to do with a deck. In limited, you are um, in survival mode. Like, you don't even know what your deck's going to be. As soon as you get into this, you're going to be sharing a draft pool with several people. And that draft pool has been, basically, there's uh, a number of booster packs that everyone is pulling one of per per round in a uh, table format. uh, Until all of the booster packs are gone and everyone has picked uh, one for one each round everything that goes into their deck. So there's, there's a massive strategy in trying to put together a deck on the fly. Right. Random stuff. All right, so man. in Constructed, you know what you're doing. Right. So we're going to be focusing on Constructed, not not limited gameplay. So so keep that in mind as we talk about all the different various cards, 
um, and the decks that we're, we're looking into, uh, we're going to be viewing it through the constructed lens, not the not the limited lens. Yeah. Now that's and what important. We're sorry, not nothing to interrupt, but we're also playing um, in a casual format for the most part because you know, we are building decks that uh, that we've come up with and you know, things that they're really good, but nothing. But we're not trying to break the bank. I'm trying to build something that is like vintage. You know what I'm saying? That's a thousand dollars. That's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Vintage. When it comes to um, you know limited gameplay, you are you are exclusively looking at a um, a tournament setting, competitive tournament setting that's dealing with the latest uh, Magic set. Now on this show, we're absolutely going to be talking about um, you know the, the 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 latest information coming out for for the newest sets. Right now, the the active set is Ixalan. Um, when the when we start, you know diving into information for the new set we're going to be talking about that on the show too um as far as any other like you know magic the gathering online news or magic the gathering news uh what's going on with the pro tour who's you know when the pro tour is is going around who's who's winning what are the standings look like what's that new what's the deck that won the pro tour and and kind of look at that and maybe put it together and play with it here on, on mtgo as well uh, what are some of the new trends? We're going to be talking about these things on on the show as we play. Again, this is a stream. We're going to be playing the game, which actually we're going to get into in just a little while. Um, and that's uh, and and it's a live show too, so we're going to be talking to people in the chat room as as they weigh in. Um, my fiance is is wonderful, uh, Jenny. Uh, she goes by Lady of Arwen. She's in the chat room right now. She's like, just say it. It's so exciting. We're so excited that you're you're doing this. So it's it's great having her support. Oh, hey, Jenny. Yeah. Um, yeah. My wife's been uh, getting more active in the community, too, as far as Twitter goes. Um, well, one thing I wanted to add is that this podcast, you know, I haven't done a lot of um, information seeking in the way of... Um, we're getting the like what the player like stats are going with you know what's going on with shaping the format. I, what I do know about right now is what cards are really good in Ixalan, which ones are okay, and which ones are uh, we probably shouldn't play them. Right. That's the information I have right now. I kind of know where uh, some some trends are. I know some of the trends are happening right now, but the uh, format's kind of new. So I mean, things are going. to, uh, My opinion might be just as good as another podcast. Um, podcaster's opinion a little bit because it, it, it's kind of rough right now what's you know what's going to be rising from the to the top uh, right and that's that's sort of the uh, the thing right now we want to impress upon you and this is uh, that goes back to the reason why I, I said i would never um i don't want to uh, i didn't want to do a magic the gathering podcast for a long time and reason being is hey ishabu how you doing ishabu's in the chat room um, reason being is is because I personally don't know enough about about the game. So um, that's important for for our listeners to know is that we're not going to be speaking from a position of of um, at least anyway from me. We're not going to be speaking from a position of authority here on this. This is this is a podcast that's about uh, having fun in Magic and what's going on with with constructed. How what are, what are the new like fun. What are what are the fun things that we can build together? And and this goes back to what I said about about vintage. You know, Mithril, you've been playing the game since what beta? Oh no no no! I I've started playing uh, just to, to get the record straight on everything. I've been playing since um, the end of Odyssey block. That was around two thousand one into onslaught. 
This is was the last block that featured the old um, templates on the cards. The more old, dusty tome looking oh, template. Oh, I, uh... so I was on the very end of that, which made me sad when I saw the changes. But you know what we have now is is easier to look at if you are entering the game as a new person. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, one of the things that that I'm I'm very proud of when it comes to the the direction of this show. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into our uh, our live booster pack in just a minute, guys. I got it. I got it right here. Um, one of the things I'm very proud of with the idea around this show is is that um, we're not going to be focusing on just particularly the latest set. Uh, we're gonna be playing around with crazy freeform decks as well uh, on on Magic: The Gathering online. Some cards that. Um, that uh, some decks that Mithra puts together with cards that are you know twenty plus years old that that are just kind of fun and and, and silly and um, yeah <laughs> you know really cool looking really old cool looking cards and you know they do some real silly things not at all legal right now to play um, but they're vintage cards so you put them together and you have fun with them on Magic the Gathering online and that's why that's- I said the focus of this show is 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 constructed. And fun, just having fun with with magic, in a way that I don't necessarily think is really being done on um, in Magic: The Gathering podcasts or streams at the moment. Yeah, because I'm building stuff that um, is not supposed to is is balanced. I mean, this stuff is old, but I'm 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 also reining in the power levels. When when Ibarwin and I are playing a deck against each other, I is I'm very conscious about. Is one of our decks gonna completely just sledgehammer the other one? I'm not trying to do that. I want the um, the skill of the player to be the the champion and the the deck playing. Right. Um, okay. So you can follow us on Twitter at QGMTG. And uh, again, to just kind of run down the show, uh, we're gonna start off every show with a a live booster pack. Uh, we're gonna do some gameplay. All right, we're going to play a round or two of a, uh, a deck that um, that Mithril has put together for us. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to chat about uh, some some of the stuff while we're doing that. Um, we're going to be presenting the cards that we're playing at the same time, and uh, later on after the gameplay, we are actually going to have a lore section. We're going to talk about the the um, uh, the story behind behind uh, Magic: The Gathering, some of the some of the sets that are coming out. Uh, Wizards of the Coast likes to say that magic is lore. It is a story-driven card set, and uh, the more you dive into the lore, the more you actually see that. Um, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna switch modes. Uh, so so um, uh, congratulations to uh, to to Mithril and I. <laughs> Pat on the back for us. <laughs> Our, our uh, the train hasn't crashed yet. No, um, for, so. for actually going ahead and, and doing this despite the fact that uh, we're not we're not uh, pro tour uh, folks, <laughs> and uh, hopefully hopefully the Magic the Gathering community enjoys what we're doing. Uh, we are trying to do something fun, lighthearted, and uh, and and unique in some aspects. Yeah. We're, we're we're doing uh, and simply put, we're casuals, but we're having a fun time doing it, and we want to entertain you with that. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so let's uh, let's start off with our live booster pack here. Uh, let me just switch views because I want to show you guys the uh, um, the cards as as we as we open them up. So here 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 it goes. Our very first 
This comes from uh, from Ixalan. All right. Get that up on the stream. Uh, this comes from, uh, from Ixalan. This is our very first live booster pack. I can hear the foil uh, in your hand. Yes. Yes. I just want to scan real quick, see if I got lucky enough to grab a mythic rare out of here. A couple of uncommons. Got a rare. That's about it. Nothing more nothing fun more. when you just go rip it right off the top and just and just uh, go go card by card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, mm, love the smell of a new new uh, new new booster pack that just gets opened up. We need to make an air freshener that smells like that. Yeah, right. I mean, the, there you go. Let's see. <laughs> Magic fans, that sound right there makes uh, makes you gives you. Remind, reminds you of the smell. Alright, so here's our first card. Okay, this is Blight Keeper. It's a creature bat imp. It's a 1-1 creature bat imp with flying. Costs 1 black. Also has um, pay 7 and a black. Tap it. Sacrifice Blight Keeper. Target opponent loses 4 life and you gain 4 life. Get that in the stream right here. Yeah, I'm not so high on that card. Um... Simply for the fact that the the actual like uh, ability it has, you're you're probably never gonna pay that much on that card when you could be just playing something else that's way more powerful for that mana. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, you know, you pay one black for a one one flyer. That's powerful. And it's decent, you know, and it, like that card, like in not like in a limited way, but in the kind of way I've built some of these decks recently, it's just um, it's not a great mana sink. No, no I, you know I, I would agree. when you sink your mana into something, you want to get something powerful, or or at least that's going to catapult you in a way that makes sense. Right. All right. Uh, next card is uh, Fathom Fleet Firebrands, a two-two for one and a red uh, for a. Uh, creature human pirate and she has pay one in a red fathom fleet firebrand gets a 1-0 until end of turn yeah um, I like it it's a bear which is like any creature that costs two and it has a two attack and two defense so it's solid um, especially in the way in, in these Ixalan decks I've been putting together and this is an example of a great power uh Mana sink. You know, you're putting your lands, your resources into an ability that's going to efficiently make this card more threatening. And it's kind of a rattlesnake. I mean, you attack with this thing and your opponent, you know, has to guess whether you're going to use that mana to boost it or not. Right. All right. Uh, next one Storm Sculptor. It's a three and a blue for a three two merfolk wizard creature. Uh, Storm Sculptor can't be blocked. When Storm Sculptor enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. This is sol- this is a solid tempo play. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're putting a threat into your opponent's hand. This thing itself is unblockable. Yeah, you're paying. It's, it's a, you know the uh, the power and toughness ratio to the mana cost. You know it, it's not perfect, but for what it's doing, it's pretty decent. I mean, you know, and what does it say? Is it non? Um, is it a permanent or is it just a creature that bounces? I missed that part. Um, 
I'll read it again. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's uh, hand. Creature you control. Okay. Well, this is great because this there's a lot of combos that can use that. Enters the battlefield, leaves the battlefield. So yeah, this is going to be cool, even in in, in a uh, constructed environment. Right. Constructed. I mean, you could see the thing is, is that when it comes to constructed, you can make any card work um, in the right environment. That's that's the fun part about constructed. Yeah, you can even make a, a format with nothing but bad cards, and then there will be uh, champions even in that format. Right, which we're which we're probably going to do at one point. Let's let's be honest. We're we're probably going to make completely unworkable decks just to be jerks. <laughs> oh, oh no! I mean, you can just take cards that no one will ever want to play on their own time, and then just kind of make a format out of that, and then play those against each other, like right. things with no abilities. All right, next one's going to be Blossom Dryad. That's a uh, two and a green. For a 2-2 creature dryad with tap, and you can untap a target land. Oh my. What you do is tap this card and you get to untap a target land. Yeah. Now your investment uh, is kind of hefty. Four mana. I mean, no, 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 sorry. Is it three mana? Yeah, yeah it's three. three. It's two and a green. You know, this goes well with a combo deck that allows you to untap this a bunch of times on your turn. So yeah, this can be pretty funny in the right circumstance. Yeah, this is for the like dinosaur it. deck I put together. It's a if for for a common card. I I like the fact that it's a two two for three for two and a green, and then you just tap it. You don't pay anything extra. You just tap it, and you can untap uh, a target land. I I think that's especially if that target land, you know, you've got a card in your deck that that costs you know one of that color, and it's like an instant or something. It could automatically change the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, when you're trying to ramp into some higher cost of stuff, you're going to want something like that. Oh. All right. Next one up. Uh, Tashana's Wayfinder. It's a uh, two and a green for a 2 2 Merfolk Scout creature. Now, she has this on it. When Tashana's Wayfinder enters the battlefield, it explores. Now, the word explore here is new for Ixalan, or at least. I identified as being new for Ixalan. Uh, exploring is this. You reveal the top card of your library. Put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, put a 1-1 counter on this creature, then put the card back or put it into your graveyard. So, reveal can be uh, quite the uh, powerful... Uh, keyword there with lots of choices. Well, uh, you're drawing a card no matter what, or you're at least um, making sure the top uh, card of your deck is the one you want. That's a powerful ability. And no matter what happens, you're getting a 1-1 one -one counter on it. So, I mean, you are... This is a powerful ability. It is strong. And if you got a deck full of that stuff, that's value all day. Yeah. Two and a green for that. Two and a green. Not bad. All right, uh, Encampment Keeper for one white. It's a 1-1 one, one hound creature with first strike. Uh, also, it has um, pay seven and a white and tap. Sacrifice Encampment Keeper. Creatures you control get a 2-2 two, two until end of turn. Mm. 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 Uh, historically, as much as I used to think that a uh, one cost First strike, one power, one toughness deal is. It's just not, it does it against a lot of the other things that you're going to see in a magic game. This is not going to cut it. First strike, 
at the very least, you want a 2-1. This not isn't getting that. And the ability itself is kind of like the uh, the other keeper. You're, you're paying a lot for something that this might help you. But like I said, even in a limited, they don't like this. Yeah. So it's like, no. For seven, for seven and a white, and then you tap it on top of it, and all you're doing is getting all your creatures get a 2-2 two -two until end of turn? Eh. It's it's a lot of cost for something that, that doesn't really feel very powerful at all. If I'm paying eight, I want my creatures to have plus four, plus four, and trample. Right. All <laughs> right. Um, here we have Cobbled Wings. Okay. It's uh, two colorless for an artifact equipment with equipped creature has flying. Uh, equip it for one. And uh, you attach to target creature you control. Equip only as a sorcery. Yeah, um, we, we talked about this before. Just put a flying creature in your deck. Yeah. This, the artifact equipments, they're supposed to do something profound. Like, there's some really good ones out there. Like, one to give your creature a plus two attack, plus zero defense, or zero, like with a equip zero or equip one. That's decent because you're adding some decent value to the stats. This just gives it flying. Yeah. And nothing, you're paying for it each time. Just nothing get yourself there. a flying creature. All right. <clears throat> um, we should probably get through the rest of these fairly faster. Yeah, let's get real uh, quick and prompt with these. <laughs> uh, pounce is uh, one in a green. It's an instant, okay? Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. That's pounce. It's strong. You blow up a creature. It's green removal uh, at its best. Just run it. If you're green, just run it. If you got good creatures, bam, you're, you're dead. <laughs> mm. All right, next one is Spell Pierce for one blue. It's an instant. Counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays two. That's frustrating. Um, early curve, yes, this can be decent. Um, late, uh, late in the game, this loses value because, you know, they're going to have a ton of mana. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, next one. Grim Captain's Call for two and a black. It's a sorcery. Return a pirate card from your graveyard to your hand. Then do the same for vampire, dinosaur, and merfolk. Oh, my. Well, if you're playing a, a mixed uh, cadre of these things, you're certainly going to get your two for one value. If you have just two things. If you're playing all, all of these different types of one deck, this is going to be even more valuable. <sighs> is the, I, I, I say to myself, I don't think the synergy for Ixalan exists with all those different types. But, yeah, uh, you're, I mean, and that's why this card is actually good, because like uh, the only, there's only a few decks that can really pull off the whole I'm a pirate deck, I'm a merfolk deck thing. Right. And that actually is Pirates and Merfolk. The main Pirates can do that, too. I mean, in the decks I built, you can't really see that so much because I'm running one ofs of everything. But, you know, it, it can happen. But this Captain's Call is going to help in some of the decks that run that. Uh, next one up. Um, we've got uh, four left, folks. Um, next one up is Walk the Plank. Two black for a sorcery. Destroy target non-Merfolk creature. Most of the time, it's going to kill whatever creature you pointed at. You know, if you're not playing Ixalan, it's going to kill pretty much everything you touch. It's not an instant. I'm not so happy about that, but it does the job. 
If it were instant, you'd like it better? I'd like it better, because there's a, a, there's more powerful things like terror that destroys a non-black permanent, but instant. Things like that. I'm used to that stuff like that. You know, be able to reach over on your turn and smash something before it's my turn. Okay. Trying to get it nice and clear on the camera there. There we go. All right. Uh, next one, River Sneak for one and a blue. It's a 1-1 one, one merfolk warrior creature with River Sneak can't be blocked. Whenever another merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, River Sneak gets a 1-1 one, one until end of turn. Clearly, if you're in merfolk and you got this in play and you have nothing but merfolk in your hand, this is going to be a monster. It's unblockable. <laughs> Right. It, you get plus one, plus one counters. If you have some ridiculous combo where you get a bunch of these merfolks, you're, they're in, your opponent's in trouble if, you can, if you're protecting this well. Okay. Um, all right. Frenzied Raptors are our second to last one for two and a red. It's a 4-2 dinosaur creature. Um, and this one happens, happens to be uh, foiled. basic dinosaur right there mm -hmm. okay and uh our last one which is our uh, our rare legion's landing for one white it's a rare card legendary enchantment when legion's landing enters the battlefield create a one one white vampire creature token with lifelink when you attack with three or more creatures transform legion's landing and it transforms into Andanto the First Fort, a legendary land card. Tap it, you add one white to your mana pool, pay two and a white, and tap it, create a 1-1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifelink. So so tons of, of, of things going on with this. It's a token creator. And... Uh... Especially if you're playing some uh, a big fat deck like a um, hundred cards, you know, a land that makes babies, that's never really wrong. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a land that makes babies. So you know, yeah, you know, it's a good power. It's a good uh, mana sink. You know, you you know, you're investing into something that can help you if your uh, your deck revolves around that kind of thing. Sure. I like how it is. It's a cool double-sided card. It's, it's it's cool. It's cool looking. All right, that's our uh, live booster pack, guys. All right. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys had a good time with that. Um, I always I love cracking these things open. You know, checking out the cards. There's just something about it. <laughs> All right, Mithril. Um, let's uh, let's jump into some gameplay. What do you think? Yeah, let's do this. All right, so what do you want to play today? You made a few decks. What are we jumping into? I say we just pick what we think is, is fun and uh, play them against each other because they're all going to be Ixalan um, tribal, or at least the best I can put together for tribal with a one of kind of for all. Because what I did was I have commons and uncommons. I took all those commons and uncommons from the set, and then I made decks based on one of's from the set in a 40 card kind of situation. So we're gonna be playing these um, casual kind of uh, Ixalan tribal deals. 
It kind of feels like a, a limited, but it, but it's it's not. But it kind of looks that way, and that's why it's fun. So we're gonna just pick a random tribe or concept from the pool of decks I made, and we're gonna hit it. All right, I'll uh, I'll challenge you to a duel. Challenge player. I'm feeling challenged already. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going with here? Okay, got that. It's a freeform deck that uh, Mithril put together for us. Yeah, it's free form because it's, you know, uh, I couldn't fit a... It has to be 60 cards to be standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and these are 40-card decks that you put together, right? Yep. Uh, the, the the most power and punch for what I got when I bought these is 40 cards. All right, Jenny's saying goodnight. Night, Jenny. Good night, Bye -bye. Jenny. And uh, let's see. Got... Um... Ishabu saying, I like opening up packs. I, I do as well. Packs are, uh, are fun. Uh, Neonamot's in the chat room. He was, uh, he was saying one of the cards that, uh, that we, we were showing there, uh, he was using in his red-white deck. Uh, also, he was doing a booster draft with some of his friends some time ago. His favorite card that he got was Bishop of Rebirth. Bishop of Rebirth. Um, I can't recall which one that is off the top of my head. We're probably going to run into it eventually when we play Vampires. Probably. Oh, I got to switch up the, uh... I got to switch up the, uh, stream here. There we go. Yvonne is deciding whether to mulligan to six cards. Yes. The tension is rising. Oh, it's, uh... Oh, oh that tension. I'm going to mulligan. Let's see here. This is a really strange hand. I'm just going to have to mulligan. Yeah. Right, this is better. I'm keeping it. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one too. <clears throat> Three. Alright, waiting on Mithril here. Top or bottom? Uh, I'll go with bottom. Oh, alright, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so we got um, what was uh, what was that all about? We were uh, instantly we were scrying for for one. I think because we uh, we we mulliganed, right? Yeah, that used to be so that's something I'm not used to. I think that's a new thing that was implemented into the rules. I think. Yeah, I'm not used to that either. All right, I like it. Throwing down, I like it too. Um, it's just I'm not used to it. All right, throwing down a planes, and uh, hopefully that'll that'll uh, help me in the uh, the future here. All right, and passing the turn over to Mithril. Okay, the timer is on my side. I must move quickly. I am playing a forest. Since there's no available plays, I'm going to pass turn back to Evarwin. Ah, oh, crap! I freaking ah. Oh. What, what what happened? I, I skipped <laughs> over my main step, like a good grief. freaking dummy. All right. Well, you know what? It's not a big deal. I'll just use my second main step to put down a mountain, and uh, 
Oh, wait a minute. You didn't pass it over to me. Uh, Wing Brie Verwin. It just went to me now. Okay. All right. Never mind. Never mind. All right. Put down a mountain, and uh, I'm going to tap a... Uh, I'm going to tapping one and a white, and I'm putting down uh, Andanto Vanguard. It's a creature vampire soldier, 1-1, one, one, with as long as Andanto Vanguard's attacking, gets a 2-0. Well. Pay for life. Oh Gains indestructible till the end of turn. This dude is a boss. He might as well be a finisher card uh, in a in this kind of and uh, the way we're playing it right now, because everyone can pay life to make that thing indestructible. So it's gonna be really difficult to remove. It can beat my face in pretty quick if I can't stop it. Yeah. We wouldn't want to do that. All right, passing the turn over to Mithril. He just dropped a swamp. Yeah, I got two mana on the battlefield. I'm gonna let's see what I have here. I'm trying to see if I have anything good. You know what? I'm gonna drop me a wild growth walker. So I'm going to pay two lands for this creature. It's one and a green. It's an elemental. It has one attack and three defense. Now, when it comes into the battlefield, it will explore, and it will get a 1-1 one, one counter. Oh, no, no, sorry. Whenever a creature I control explores, when they come into play, the walker gets a 1 plus 1 bonus. And I gain three life. Oh, boy, yeah. All right. It's an uncommon right there. <clears throat> All righty. On to me now. Um... See, I'm gonna uh, drop a planes. What else do I want to do here? You know what? Let's begin combat. Let's move into the combat phase. And uh, what we got here? We're waiting on you, Mithril. Oh, I was responding to um, yeah the chat room. Yeah, I saw Nehemiah in the chat. It's a, it's an awesome card. What he was talking about, Bishop of Rebirth. I mean, it gets a, a card back. <laughs> okay, it's five or less, I think. All right, um, swinging with Danto Vanguard. Well, I have no choice but to take the hit. He gets uh, he gets that two zero, turning him into a three one when he when he uh, attacks. My Walker wants to stay in play. All right. Okay, I think that's the only play I've got left here, so I'm just going to pass the turn over to you. All right. Untapping lands. All right. So I drew a land. Playing it. Is that a forest? What kind of play it's going to have? Yeah, that's a forest. So I get two forests and one swamp in the battlefield. And right now, I don't have the mana to play anything good, so I'm passing it back to you. Okay. I'm picking up not, what you're dropping. Yeah, not the, the, the thing I want to do on turn three is pass turn. Yeah, that's not exactly something that anyone ever wants to do. Uh, dropping a mountain, and... Uh, 
Jeez. That Allison change in the background sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> works uh, works out pretty good for uh, for a stream. Sometimes we got to stop and, and think. All right. Um, tapping three in a red, and I'm dropping Thrash of Raptors. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is um, a 3-3 three, three creature dinosaur. As long as you control another dinosaur, Thrash of Raptors gets a 2-0 and has Trample. Conditional, but powerful in the right situation. Yeah. Um, not so good if I blow up your only other dinosaur. No, definitely not, which I'm sure uh, eventually is going to end up happening, uh, which I'm uh, swinging for, uh, what's this guy's name again? Uh, and Danto Vanguard and Danto Vanguard swinging with him again. Darwin's ancestor. Yes, <laughs> that one in particular, not the other ones, just that one. I do appreciate the uh, the conquistador uh, flavor uh, in in Ixalan. Yeah, um, vampire conquistadors. Darwin's uh, never going to escape until the end of this block. Um, Mithril, let's uh. Let's get a let's get a life total check while while we're here. Where where are we at right now? Okay, Varwin hasn't lost any life, and he hit me twice with the Vanguard, so I'm at fourteen. Okay, all right. Just wanted to gloat a little bit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> What'd you do? Drop another forest? Yeah, uh, I am determining which creature I want to uh, lay down. Like a lumberjack over there with all them forests you're throwing down. Yeah, you're gonna get cut down if uh, you keep talking smack. I, All right, let's see here. I'm counting on getting getting cut down. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pay my mana. Uh -huh. So I'm tapping four lands for Dire Fleet Interloper. It's a uh, three and a blank for a two-two menace. That means it can't be blocked except by black creatures. And when it enters the battlefield, it explores. Okay. okay. And of course. Um, You're doing your exploration it, thing. Yeah, I do the exploration thing. So it's happening. Yeah. So we'll we'll cover that. Uh, we'll cover that again a little later on. But uh, right now, his wild growth walker, which is his first creature card put down, uh, ended up getting a two four out of this deal. So he's got a two four, and he's got a two two on his battlefield right now. Time wow. is ticking away, so we must keep on hitting those indicators. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I know. I, I'm, gonna... I'm thinking... It, that's I'm... one thing. That's a constant battle that, that Yvaro and I must... Um, as we're doing this podcast, we're also having to make sure that we are hitting our um, buttons in the game because we're in a time limit, and it's kind of the scary part of this show. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the hidden boss that you don't see for you listeners. Uh, I threw down a planes and I am uh, I'm tapping uh, was it um, three and a white four steadfast armosaur. It's a two three creature dinosaur with vigilance. Uh, pay one and a white and tap, and it deals damage equal to its toughness to target creature blocking or blocked by it. So that's the fun. picture is a stegosaur about to whip the crap out of whatever is going to try to come, come near it. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. All right. Yeah, um, that thing's annoying. Uh, Yvonne also has enough mana to utilize it if he wants to do some tricks. 
Uh, it's my attack phase. I am attacking with Thrash of Raptors and Adanto Vanguard. Well, Adanto Vanguard better pay some life if he wants to survive. Now, why would he want to do that? Uh-oh. And Dantor Vanguard is getting uh, blocked here by a 2-4, which is uh, going to end up killing him. But uh, swing if away. If Ivarwin pays uh, the life, he'll stay in play. I paid nothing. But he probably wasn't important enough. No. It was not important enough. Y you know what I'm thinking? Uh, and I'm passing the turn over to you. Uh, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we uh, we we do the we do we do one um, gameplay, right? And then the next one, we just we just quit out of it and jump into lore. What do you think? Yeah, well, we can do that. You know, for the sake of the first show, that, that won't be that big of a deal. You can't get and you know. We're also figuring out what's the best listening experience as we're doing this. You know, because this is the pilot episode. So we're going to go through this uh, in the most effective way we can come up with. Yeah. All right. Choose attackers. Choose the blockers. Let's see here. Uh, that thing. What does it do again? Deal damage equal to a second. Okay. What, uh, what thing are you looking at? Let's. Uh, what, what do you got? I'm looking on? at this steadfast armosaur. That dude looks like he's going to blow up my dudes. Yeah. No, he, he's he's uh yeah he he'll he'll blow he'll blow. Some Actually, you know what? That two four can get come come at you safely. Um, yeah, because I don't have right, the mana right now to pay. That's right. You don't have the mana. I don't I have the mana. With both. All right, fine. Listen, I'll take your two four on the face. No problem. <laughs> All right. Things that are said in a Magic: The Gathering tournament. <laughs> take it in the face, bro. I'll take your two four on the face, bro. Someone in the corner is like, no. <laughs> Someone in the corner is like, no. Well, you know, it's probably the judge having to listen to these idiots. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I can only imagine. The judges, you know, they stand by your table, making sure you're not cheating at these events. And then, you know, these players are just acting like uh, uh, weirdos. All right, so I threw down a mountain. I tapped uh, three and a red, and I got uh, Bonded Horncrest down on the ground. He's a 5-5 five, five creature dinosaur with Bonded Horncrest can't attack or block alone. It so. doesn't matter. As long as you have a your 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 smashing face and playing creatures, this dude is gonna be a beating. He has a four for a five five guys. I mean, to anyone that's listening, you know that power and toughness above your cost is good. Um, here we are in my attack phase. I'm swinging with Thrash of Raptors and Steadfast Armosaur again. Um, five, six, seven. You know what? I'm not I'm not terrified until I'm dead. That's uh, seven. Swing at me all day. Seven damage coming at you. Well, you know what? I, it's not good for me to block right now. All right, Mithril's down to five, and I'm uh, I'm at eighteen life. All right, Nyanamot saying, just waiting for Avarwin to whip out charging Montresor. Oh, don't tell me what's in his hand. That's okay. I probably forget anyways. I I, I, I don't have it. It's. I don't have that. No, I don't mind what, telling you. What I'm doing, I'm playing Snapping Sailback. 
Snap that <laughs> tail back. Attorney Varwin, what's happening? Uh, what's that? I'm playing this dinosaur at Danny turn. I'm flashing it in. It's your favorite mechanic. I love I love flash. It feels so nice. Why don't you tell people what this thing does? Okay, so it's four. Uh, okay, it's four and a green. That's five altogether. Uh, and it's a four attack, four defense. You know, you play this creature as an instant. It has enrage. Whenever it's dealt damage, you put a one-one counter on it. So this dude go, gets bigger each combat. It survives. Or damage I deal to it because, you know, I'm annoyed. Uh, I like to prod my dinosaur. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. You want to prod your dinosaurs if we're playing a dinosaur deck. Um, and, and in order to do that, you should get a dinosaur prod. Yeah, which is prod. called uh, Ryle. One to deal uh, one damage to a creature you control. This is this is the point of the game, folks, where where Mithril makes a stunning comeback with with a very small amount of life and and spanks my noob ass into the ground. I'm trying to be smart and not die. What are, what are you doing over here? What's that? I'm swinging with an unblockable creature. <laughs> it, it's menace. You don't control black permanence, so you're uh, you're out of luck. And he's swinging in for two damage, guys. Bringing me down to 16. Time to explore. Aha! Uh -huh. What do you got there? Seek explore some more uh, counters for my growth dude. Uh huh. So who's this it's, dude? Uh, one in the black. It does one, two. It enters the battlefield. It explores. So it's a baby chump blocker. Baby chump blocker. <laughs> yeah, baby chump blocker that gets me my stuff. <laughs> okay, alright, okay. So this is going to the um, bottom of my library. I don't need this. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what was that that you put on the bottom of your library? Uh, it was a freebooter. The guy that duresses you. Oh, look at that. Look at it's that. a 3-5 now. You my gained, walker is getting bigger. You gained 3 life, and uh, your wild growth walker is now a 3-5 creature. Stunning okay. comeback. It's uh, the the comeback is indeed stunning. And uh, I'm just I'm just pulling lands right now. I'm getting land flooded. There goes a mountain. Good. I'm glad the game is recognizing that you somehow are using the force to cheat. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to pass the turn on over to you. If that's the best play, go ahead. That's uh, that's my best play for right now. I don't feel. I like... think I've intimidated you. I think that's what's happening. These uh, the the walker and the sailback has uh, in gotten into your head. They they have they they they've wormed their way into my psyche, and right now I'm I'm uh, falling back into my my fetal position. Um, I'm at seven mana, untapping here. But yet your your lumberjack skills are still impressive as you're as you're still throwing down forests. Oh, yes, and I intend to keep that rolling. What else does this do? <laughs> like a log. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm going to swing uh -huh. safely uh -huh. into your battlefield. Okay. All right, gotta, for two damage. Now, life total, 16 to 8. If everyone's at 16, I'm at 8. Right. Let's, let's see how this changes. Now, he's swinging with a creature here that's got menace on it. I can't block him. And, uh... 
see. Yeah, where's your five mana five five with trample and haste now, Evarwin? I don't I don't have it. You don't you don't have it. Don't have I'm it. sorry, Neomot. He couldn't get it. It might be a little bit disappointing. Oh no, 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 he's using a stegosaur. He's he's using it. I'm using it. This is gonna be funny. Alright, Evarwin's waiting through text to make sure he's doing his ability right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know how to get this. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm. Hold on a second here. I'm trying to figure out how to how to trigger the. Uh... Well, you can't because you can't block it. That's what I should have said in the beginning. You can't block this thing at all. You I can't even interact with it. I should... The I'm option getting... exists to try to block it, but you can't. All right. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Like if you're able to block it, you can interact with it. But I think the way it is, because you can't actually block it, you can't use the ability from the dinosaur. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, whatever. All right. So I'm gonna drop me another explore. Okay. The Exali's yeah. uh, Diviner, two two lands for you know to pay one, and a green for a zero three, and it explores for me. It's a human druid, so it doesn't like co a combo out with anything. But it's getting me my stuff, so uh, right. Walker is gonna like it. All right, just to cover it one more time, explore. What you got to do is you reveal the top card of your library. You put that into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you put a one-one counter on this creature, and then put the card back or put it into your graveyard. Yeah. So uh, this explore creature is pretty much a wall. Has no attack power, but it serves its purpose to make my wall growth walker get the explore bonus. Mm -hmm. And I want this on top of my library, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Not telling you. All right, but that <laughs> wild growth walker has now grown to a 4 6. <laughs> Where's your defense now? It's crumbling in front of your eyes. <sighs> I can't safely attack into your creatures, though. All right, drop it a mountain. And uh, paying one and a red for Nest Robber. It's a 2-1 dinosaur creature with haste. Meaning that it does not have to wait for uh, summoning sickness to wear off in order for me to play it. Oh, yeah. It's a nice early creature to have. Or when you have a trick in your hand to prevent your opponent from interacting with it, like killing it. Um, unfortunately, my board is very populated, and it's going to be very diff difficult for him to get that robber through to my life total. Mm. He has a complex board to deal with. He's got a 5-3 trample, a 2-3, a 5-5, five five, and a 2-1. And he's trying to hit through a 4-6, four a 4-4, four four, a 2-3, and a 1-4. The, the, the battlefield has evened up. Hmm. 
This is where it gets tense. Yeah, I'm. I'm really like, I, I. You know, I don't have a safe. I don't have a safe play here. Either way, it's like it, you know, I swing and I'm sacrificing a creature. So, and I can't really attack into you effectively without losing uh, my uh, stalemate advantage here. Exactly. Yeah, we we've kind of hit that moment where it's like it's definitely a stalemate. So. Like, all I can do is uh, milk Ivarwin's life total for two with that menace. So what can I do here? Well, I can do this. I'm going to play me some more Explore cards. All right. <laughs> they keep drawing them. This right. is what this deck does. So what's this here that you got? Okay, so it's Merfolk Branchbender. I paid two. I tapped two lands. So I'm getting a, uh, a one and a green. And it's a two attack, one defense, and it enters the battlefield, it explores, and it's a merfolk. It is a merfolk that explores the two one, giving me my counter, so my walker is a five seven. Yeah, he's just getting bigger and bigger as uh, as the turns go. All right, so I think it's time to start. Um, well, I can't. Well, hmm. You know what? It's time for me to play dangerously. Let's see what happens when I attack with my 5-7 and my 2-2 two, two Menace. The Menace is going to go through, but he has to make a decision if he wants to uh, interact with that 5-attack-7 defense. Mm, right. Alright, so I'm going to be blocking with... Uh... Wait, no, I don't want to block that one. Um, I'm going to be blocking... With uh, this is uh, steadfast armor is a two three. It can deal five damage uh, when he uses the ability. Like all together, like when he activates that ability, that armor is gonna feel like a five three and not a uh, two three by itself. Illegal uh, blocking, dire yeah, fleet, and yeah, 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 can't yeah. be blocked. Let me uh, correct that. You can double block on my guy if you want, but I don't know if that's what you really want. Not really. Big guy is surviving. That's all I can uh, think about with here. Alright, paying one and a white to uh, unlock Steadfast Armasaur's uh, potential. potential here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking you have a trick that you're not showing me. No. No, well, I uh, died. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm trying to figure out that damn card, and and you know, doing that while trying to podcast at the same time is like. Yeah, we'll and I keep getting a little bit to get that flooded. one uh, going. This is. This is like my tree dude just like smashed. Like, comparatively, like, my tree dude is, like, as big as a tree, and he smashed your stegosaur. <laughs> uh, but he only took two lives, so that's good. All right. So, Varwin's at 12, I'm at 14. Swinging with Thrasher Raptors and Bond and Horde Crest, 5-3 five, 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 and a 5-5, five, five, respectively. Let's see what happens. All right, well, I've got options. I'm not happy with them. No, definitely drawing a line in the sand here. My board position. 
without sacrificing too many uh, dudes. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do something here. All right. Well, which by I don't the like way, trample being there. Your life total is now 14, and I'm at 12. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I kept on gaining life every time I played these explore uh, jerks. Son of a bitch. Yeah, this deck is called Explore for a reason. Yeah. It's, it's all revolved around it. <laughs> um, I'm going to push this over the edge. And I'm going to take the five. All right, so you're double blocking here. He's double blocking mm -hmm. with uh, Snapping Sailback. It's a 4-4. Four, four. And Exali's Diviner is now a 1-4. And he's double blocking on my Thrash of Raptors, which is a 5-3. It's a trample, so whatever damage that could have gone through, which it's not, would have hit me. But I made sure that wouldn't happen. Right, with the double block. So he's saving himself from all kinds of nonsense. Who survived? Uh, I think it was my uh, Diviner that survived. Yeah, not sure what's going on here. You went, uh, you went down to 9 health after that. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it trampled through my first dinosaur. I think that's exactly what happened. I think you had it. I think you might have had it backwards. I don't think you had it in the way that you intended. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about the old way they used to handle it. Things change over time in Magic. Wait a minute. All right, what'd you put my down there? Was that was that a forest? Yeah, that was a swamp. A swamp you put down? Okay. Yeah. Alright, he's not putting right. down any other creatures. Not, not a play. I got a card in my hand, but it's not um, prudent right now to swing with it. Let's see here. Offensive attack. Go. Ah. So, five. Wait, wait, so hold on. He's got five, six, seven, Eight, nine, yeah. coming at his 12 life total, and he only has a 2-1 blocker to deal with it. Yeah. This is no bueno. Alright, you know what? I'm just going to take the damage. Bringing me down to 3 health. Live dangerously just like me. Yeah. Let's hope for the destiny pull on the next one, you know? He's going to play a creature that says, like, it's a 5, and it's a like 5-5, five, five, and he gains 20 life. Man, I, I'll tell you, I got a whole mountain range here with all the freaking <laughs> red cards. Yeah, there's red... a ton of mountains here oh, and Jesus. some planes. You know what, dude? Like, I just can't. I can't. Uh, this is this is ridiculous. This is this is the big comeback Evarwin had predicted. Uh -huh. somehow, like imposed on himself by this saying is, it. This is it, man. This is the, every time this freaking happens. <laughs> All right, All I'm right. swinging with I'm everything I got. I, I got a five-five <laughs> and a two-one that I'm throwing at him. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Alright, well, I'm killing a 2-1 with this. Because mm -hmm. it's a 1-4, it's going to happen. It's going to win that combat. All of his land I'm cards. with this guy. All of his land cards are not tapped. He's got three cards in his hand. Lord Ch knows Chumping with about. this chick, I mean, not a guy. Alright, go ahead, chump. Gotta make that clear. Here she goes. So his combat did not go through. Did not. No trample this time. No. Nope. Because that trample dude died. So um, long ago at the Pro Tour, this is where you know these guys they shake hands. And they're like, you know what? There's just nothing. I got nothing. This would have right, been well, a the cards in my hand aren't necessary for what I'm about going to do, which is attack you with all these guys. Right. Alpha Strike, as they call it. 
All in. Swinging in for everything. He's swinging in with a 5 7, a 2 2, a 1 4, and a 2 1. I got three health. Yeah, so that's. So that's it. That's game. A lot of damage. All right, Mithril, congratulations, Mithril. Oh, thank you. I thought I was going to die in the first part of this fight. Well, it was looking bad. It was looking bad, but. so we're going to begin sideboarding and then say no and then move on to lore, right? Yeah, why don't we do that? And you know what? I think I kind of I think I kind of like that for going forward. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, that's fine. I think I kind of like that. It's it's fun to, you know, it's fun to play, but the problem is is that I'm not sure how how this um how this is going to work. How with... how much the uh, listeners are going to um endure a uh, gameplay but we'll we'll ask the listeners you know do you want to uh, hear more of this um next time around do you want to go two rounds uh, or not uh, just uh, let us know tweet you know with twitter you know um, hey barwin don't you use the uh quest gaming network email to get these kind of uh responses? well we'll we'll have that set up later yeah we're right now i mean it's as it stands right now, it's going to be a while before you see us we're going to be on itunes we're going to be on stitcher radio we're going to be on questgamingnetwork.com um, it's going to be a little bit, maybe, uh, hopefully by next week we'll have that going. Um, yeah. so which this, this episode will appear at that point, but right now, uh, just tweet us at QGMTG at yeah. QGMTG. If you like this, you know, uh, let us know if you don't like that so much, we'll keep it to one round. Absolutely. Um, chat room, tell us what you think about that as, uh, as we break into lore and, um, Mithra, what, uh. I know you and I spoke, okay? Um, one of the things that we were talking about uh, was we're going to be talking about lore and Magic the Gathering. Where do you start that off, right? Well, um, I'm cheating uh, this time around because I am currently on the MTG wiki. <laughs> Good for you. So, Good you know, you. I'm going to give an outline as to what a planeswalker and the ability to planeswalk is. See, uh, planeswalkers are the flagship concept with the uh, with the current way they've been expressing themselves with the lore. Right. The what way is the planeswalker. The, the well, way um the way Magic the Gathering works is you are uh, you are a planeswalker. The player is a planeswalker, and the reason why you're putting down land and then playing creatures or instants or sorceries or what have you is because the way this works is that um, you're part of the uh, the Wizards of the Coast. Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, multiverse, and you as a planeswalker are are sapping the energy from environments throughout the the multiverse, and then using that energy to pull forward, push forward, um, summon creatures from all different areas of the multiverse. That so. Yes. So that's so that's that's what's going on here. So when we talk about planeswalkers and the multiverse and uh, lands and dropping lands, and that's that's essentially like the the idea behind Magic: The Gathering, mechanically anyway. Right. And just as Varwin said, uh, the defining trait of a planeswalker is the ability to travel between separate universes with ease, while. The vast majority of people throughout the multiverse are not even aware that the other worlds beside their own exist. So, mind blown on their part. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because each each world in the multiverse is like a like it's kind of like planet Earth without the space travel. They can't go to these other worlds. They don't even know they exist. 
but a planeswalker can pretty much shift from different, you know, worlds that are their own contained planes. That seems like it's uh, it's almost like walking, walking through a door with uh, with them. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Um, there is a space between the worlds called the Blind Eternities, which is really? where Raw Aether is. Really, I didn't know that. Yep, that's where the El- the Eldrazi, which are massive mana draining monsters of like horrific Eldritch uh, proportions. Yeah, they come from there. Okay, but that, that's that's a separate issue. We'll we'll get yeah. into Eldrazi creatures. But it is populated by these horrible monsters. But they are monsters. <laughs> right. And uh, this area is so extreme that, you know, that's why a Planeswalker is powerful. A Planeswalker can push themselves between a world. The Blind Eternities travel through that and get into the other world. It's kind of like a membrane for them. Mm. Interesting. Um, for for those of you that have been playing Magic for, for, uh, for a few years, if you remember uh, the Oath of the Gatewatch set, the Eldrazi creatures were very, very big in in that. Um, also, the main character, uh, the main uh, antagonist, Emrakul, I believe was uh, he was he he was considered an Eldrazi, right? They actually considered Emrakul a she, and she was one of the three Eldrazi titans. Uh, pretty much three uh, forebears of an El- sub Eldrazi army that they create. So yeah, so Emrakul. Who, who appears in um, Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon was uh, is is an Eldrazi as as well, and it's a she. I didn't know that. Was, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, it doesn't refer itself as a she, but pretty much, or maybe it has. But that's the ongoing speculation that people just call it she. By the way, loved Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon flavor. The, yeah. the art was amazing. Oh yeah, no, it, it it got really crazy towards the end. <laughs> it did, it did. Um, uh, with the uh, with the uh, Emrakul's main ability is that Emrakul, her Eldrazi Titan forebear ability is that she can pretty much alter the physical makeup of things around her, right, and conform them to her own. Right, right. Anything living. Emrakul had the ability to sort of corrupt and turn uh, turn that living thing into a corrupted version of it. And I think it, there was like a hive mind thing involved too, right? Yeah. Um, pretty much um, Emrakul can make everything she touches that's alive into a, uh, a version of herself that's spliced with what they once were. Right. And then, uh, so, so, um, and then it took, it ended up taking, um, one of the uh, the the plane, one of the main heroic planeswalkers, quote unquote heroic on this character, um, but one of the main planeswalkers that you see in a lot of the Magic: The Gathering marketing um, was uh, Liliana, who's the uh, the planeswalker that represents um, the the black set death, and um, she's she's a I mean you consider her a necromancer, right? Yeah. She yeah. borrows a uh, temporary power uh, to gain power of her own, you know, to do pretty horrible things to her enemies. So, so once uh, the plane of Innistrad was becoming inundated with with Emrakul's um, corrupted p- 
power. Uh, it took Liliana, who raises zombies from from you know, who raises zombies from the ground. It took her to to raise a horde of mindless zombies and all and all of them uh, uh, was it an army of mindless zombies and attack Emrakul all at once. Yeah, uh, and that's if you how... have a mind or a pulse, Emrakul can get you, but. If you're a zombie, Emrakul can't uh, cannot use you at all. Right. And just to give you an idea of how powerful Emrakul was, um, and I'll leave off with this because I know we're so far off the weeds now with with so far off. I'm, it is a planeswalker dealing with Emrakul. I, I'm trying to bring it back to the planeswalker yeah. thing, but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I just I love Shadows over Innistrad and uh, an Eldritch uh, storyline. It's just so amazing. I really loved it so much. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the Drowsy are relevant because they are denizens of the Blind Eternities, which is the mass, which is blackness of space for the multiverse. Right. That's how we got into this. But yeah, um, just to give you an idea of how powerful Emrakul was, um, one of the uh, one of a very powerful character that had been around in Magic for a while was Avicen, which was an angel. Um, she was corrupted by by Emrakul's uh, right. Um, I, magic, I guess, or, or uh, yeah. I guess power. She was created by a planeswalker. Avison? Yeah. What? She is Soren's, probably his, 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 practically his daughter, in a way that she is a golem that he had created that is an angel. I don't know Soren. I, I haven't. Soren Markov is a vampire planeswalker, arguably one of the oldest planeswalkers that have ever existed. And uh, he used to, he was a regular person on Avacyn, um, or I, oh, sorry, Innistrad, and he was a nobility, but he was also be a, turned into a vampire, but gained lordship over the plane, and uh, uh, ruled as a just noble. And so he's a planeswalker. He yeah. created Avacyn to protect that plane, so he can planeswalk to other places and do his own stuff. I've seen him. He, he's usually represented as a vampire with like a sword in his hand, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him around. I yeah, have seen him. Uh, okay. All right. So so anyway, um, yeah. Poor Avison. She got corrupted, and uh, it didn't turn out well for her at all. <laughs> no, it hurt. It hurt um, Soren a lot. Uh, and there was a big planeswalker battle that happened after that between him and another planeswalker. So, so back onto the idea of planeswalkers. Um, what what else do you have on this? Well, uh, we did already cover that you, as a magic player, uh, to pro- role play yourself into it. When you're holding these cards in your hand, you are um, you're the planeswalker in this situation. Yeah. Uh, when Ivar and I are dishing cards, we are summoning these creatures from the aether. Well, we're in Ixalan, so we don't have to summon them from the Aether. But like if we were playing with a different sets and different stuff from different worlds. Yeah, we're pulling stuff from the Aether. So and just keep keep that in mind when you're playing Magic. You are a Planeswalker playing. Uh, these are armies uh, fighting for you. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was the concept from the very beginning, even from the first set. That was the idea. Uh, now there is a difference between Planeswalkers now. And planeswalkers, and we want to. I want to get into that if Ebar one would like to. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit because um, there there is the, there there is a very uh, a, a, a clear difference between Magic the Gathering that existed. What everything from the uh, from the nineties up to what two thousand two thousand one two thousand two somewhere around there, and then it changed. 
It changed around 2007. All right. So let's talk about that uh, that difference you you're, uh, you wanted to bring up. Okay. Well, let's get into uh, the nitty-gritty then. A planeswalker is specifically a being who possesses a planeswalker spark. The planeswalker spark is more or less a one-in-a-million thing in sentient beings. And having it ignite is even rarer. So you can have the spark, but it may not even activate in your lifetime. There is There are other beings who, through various means, are able to travel between planes, but those are not technically considered planeswalkers. There are some examples, but we're not going to get into that. Um, many pre-revisionist characters were referred to as planeswalkers, but were not technically been planeswalkers. But we're, gonna get, we're talking about traditional planeswalkers now. We're talking about the first concept of what they were. Before 2007. Okay. Yeah. So planeswalkers had incredible magical abilities back then, surpassing all but the most powerful mortal wizards. Their lives could last indefinitely and their physical forms were matters of will that they could that were energy projections at the center of their consciousness so they can just be wherever the crap they want to be physically even uh, through intense effort planeswalkers back then were also able to create their own artificial planes because really? of a plane oh, wait you want to interject get the, get out of here they were able to make their own artificial planes in planeswalkers were practically nigh on gods. Holy! Wow! God, I never gods knew that. Among wizards, gods among the most powerful beings on the plane that they even went to. That's freaking epic, man! Holy so we're talking God. about Dragon Ball Z OP stuff with these planeswalkers. Always comes back to Dragon Ball Z, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, maybe even beyond Dragon Ball Z, because they can like crush a, a world in one hand and save another in the other. So, um, because of a Planeswalker's program, pro prolonged lifespan and immense power, some are worshipped as gods and, may, and end up insane. Or at the very least, they become they come to regard the lives of mortals in low esteem, if even at all. My goodness. Wow. So a lot of these planeswalkers were monsters, even if they were not intending to be monsters, as far as the, the what the power they wielded was able to do. We're talking about like Doctor Who that had offensive powers, kind of crazy. Mm. So that changed. The new breed of planeswalkers is done with the current ones now. See, this happened in Time Spiral. Uh, the new breed of planeswalkers were no longer no longer display the near omnipotence of their predecessors. While they are usually powerful mages, they are still physically beings that are that generally age normally, can be harmed, and need some sustenance as other mortals. This is a stark contrast to their earlier planeswalkers. Some of them have managed to suppress or avoid some of these limitations by magical means like Liliana or Nicobola. These are major enemies in the game. Um, however, these, uh, these are specific to each planeswalker. What happened? What happened was when... Okay, it has to do with a specific plane, what caused this change. Dominaria is the center of the, of the multiverse. It is a plane in the middle of... It's like the middle of the universe... A lot of things happen because of what things, uh, 
because of things that happened to Dominaria, affects the rest of the universe. Not like regular stuff like I ate a uh, no, I ate a piece of bread and someone else died in the <laughs> multiverse. It's not like that. A butterfly flaps its wings in Dominaria and somehow Ixalan gets crushed. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that, but right, right. if we're talking about timey-wimey, uh, wibbly-wobbly, it screws up the whole pie. So, a lot of massive, ridiculous situations happened in Dominaria over its time, because of Planeswalkers, mostly, okay. fighting, and um, it all culminated into massive time rifts, and uh, eventually... So these massively powerful planeswalkers were just powerless uh, as time itself was ripping apart, and the rest of the planeswalker, uh, rest of the planes in the multiverse were also ripping apart, mm. getting sucked into these um, abnormalities and uh, was and what hasn'ts and all this other stuff. You know, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, you kind of know what that implies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, they came together, even enemies uh, that hated each other. Uh, had to help uh, the good guys, all the planeswalkers, and they had to come to Dominaria and crack up a plan to stop these time rifts. Some of them ended up sacrificing their own planeswalker spark to close these rifts. Oh, really? Wow. So that, uh, that there's would a lot of noble individuals that, that gave up their lives to uh, save the multiverse. That, that would effectively kill off the planeswalker, right? Give it up their spark? They're like dead. That? That's it. Yeah, that's sad. Um, but it came down to one particular planeswalker, one that, uh, because of strange means of escalation, represented the, the magicka of the entire plane of Dominaria. So she, she, she pretty much was the, uh, the avatar of all the predecessors of major power in the plane. This is a big story arc, but we'll get into that some other time. But she, she made the ultimate sacrifice. Of course, I mean, other people died before she did. She figured it out. And what she did was do the big paladin thing, and she sacrificed her planes, uh, her spark. And when she did, all the ones that were in Dominaria closed at once, and the multiverse was saved. Wow. Yeah, and because of, of the ingenuity of a, of a, blue, a blue planeswalker, um, his spark somehow inter, uh, was involved in this. And his spark was different. And his spark was like the new Planeswalker concept, where they're more mortal and more, you know, uh, susceptible. So this transferred over to all Planeswalkers. So when, uh, when, um, so when, so when this particular female Planeswalker did this, everyone lost their powers to some extent. Everyone that was already a Planeswalker. And so it sort of retconned the entire universe here in order to power them down. Yeah, it's like, bro, I just got retconned. I'm standing right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, so let's uh, let's summarize this uh, a little bit. Uh, what is a what is a planeswalker? A planeswalker is is a uh, uh, a very uh, one in a million being that that has even had the very the more rare occurrence of of not only being a one in a million being, but having Having a, a being a one in a million being that has a planeswalker spark among them, and it is ignited, and you are now able to uh, walk through uh, the the ether and um, into into other planes of existence, um, and as such, you're able to call forth 
magical spells and creatures from other planes by by sapping energy from those environments and uh, and and doing battling and dueling with other planeswalkers. Um, some of them are heroic, some of them are evil, and uh, uh, where does that leave, where does that leave with uh, Dominaria? Dominaria is a uh, is a is a plane in which in which uh, the entire multiverse apparently seems to to um, uh, revolve around. And uh, there was a moment in history when these planeswalkers were far more powerful than they are now, but. A, uh, an Armageddon-like event uh, rendered them uh, less less powerful. Yeah. Um, igniting that Planeswalker spark is not like getting triggered, though. Like, in a, like, oh, my coffee spilled on me, now my Planeswalker spark is activated. <laughs> it has to take, it has to be a bit... <laughs> It has to be a bit like my my, uh, my mocha chino is not the right temperature. That's not how you activate your spark. I don't know. Um, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, you have to like if you have a spark, you have to undergo like a near death situation to to get that spark going. A lot of these planeswalkers, especially the old ones, didn't get their spark until they were actually killed. Right. Right. I think um, I think Gideon is is. Uh... I think he's he's one of them where he he was basically, right? Basically killed. Yeah, a lot, a lot of yeah, most of most of these situations you have to be on death's uh, death's. Uh, could be wrong with Gideon. Doorstep. I could be wrong with Gideon. Don't quote me on that, folks. I I, I, I mean I can look him up real quick, but yeah. I, mean, I don't have to. All right. Well, listen. Um. Hopefully, uh, hopefully. Um, Mithril's able to uh, kind of do that before we uh, we completely close out. But uh, this is uh, we're at the end of our show, folks. Um, hopefully, everyone did enjoy uh, everything that we we had in store for you. Our our live booster pack, our gameplay, the way we did the gameplay, the lore at the end. Um, send us a tweet at QGMTG. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Um, in, in things that we could do differently that you would like. And uh, maybe even uh, an idea or two for uh, for Mithril to uh, to jump on as far as lore goes, and and if you've got uh, you know fun uh, constructed decks that you would uh, you would like to share with us, we'll be happy to retweet that, and uh, even try it ourselves on on the show. Finishing thought. Uh, thank you, Mithril. Thank you. You you the the decks that you put together for for tonight. I had a lot of fun. I've been showing the individual cards uh, as you were talking. Um, I had a lot of fun playing it, uh, despite the fact that you uh, kicked my ass pretty hard. <laughs> well, you know, if we went three rounds, it might have gone back and forth a little. But I still had fun. And uh, I want to thank you for, for uh, checking out the lore. I want to thank you for helping out with the uh, the deck construction. And uh, for all of your awesome advice that you've you've given me through you know the last you know year or so of me trying to learn how to play, yeah, um, and we'll and we'll I'll get better at that. And we'll have some practice sessions outside of you know the podcast to get more uh, in tune in some of these skills. Absolutely. Uh, what um, about you? Final thoughts, Mithril. My uh, final thoughts. Uh, this is the uh, pilot episode, so you know um, it is still clay in the hands of the listener and the hosts, and we want to keep it you know balanced in that way so i mean like i said like Evarwin just said if there's anything that uh, you like more uh shout it out something that you think you want uh, a little bit 
more compact, uh, let us know, uh, and then we can really uh, form the form this podcast in the uh, most lovely way for dear listeners. Absolutely, most enjoyable way possible. All right, folks. Uh, yes, again, follow us on Twitter at QGMTG. Um, I am a Varwin, and uh, this was Mithril. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Take care, everyone, and have a great night. Thank you.